Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brindle, joined as always by my main man, Justin Berg. And uh, Justin, anything exciting happened this weekend? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that Cincinnati pulled off a nice road win and clinched the American Conference outright. That they, I believe they, that happened. They did do that. I have a recollection of that, <laughs> of that happening. I, you know. It, it was a little different for me because I was out in public watching the game, which we're going to get into this later because you are the perfect person to talk to about the uh, dilemma that I have now, that I've created for myself. Yeah, so, and also we we have the perfect contrast of where we each watch the game in our different situations. So, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. All right, but first, but first before we get into that, we'll hit the, the news of the day first. And that is a day after being a unanimous first-team All-American Conference selection. Gary Clark has been selected as the Defensive Player of the Year and uh, been awarded the Sportsmanship Award all in advance of tomorrow's American Athletic Conference Player of the Year announcement. Um, Also, Gary named NBC Sports second-team All-American. So he is going to, for the rest of his life, be able to say, I was an All-American while I was at the University of Cincinnati, even as a second-teamer. Incredible week for Gary, and no human more deserving of everything that is coming his way than Gary Clark. No doubt about that. I really wasn't sure about – I wasn't even on my radar about the defensive player of the year. I was only concerned if he was going to win the the actual conference player of the year versus – potentially Landry Shaman or maybe Rob Gray. So when I saw that today, it, it didn't shock me, but I was like, oh, man, I wasn't even looking for that. So I knew the, the, the unanimous first team is, is a very high honor yesterday and then um, came up with some big plays down the stretch against Wichita State. So, yeah, it's been a nice few days for him. The block, obviously, uh, will get all the attention. Uh, and that was uh, – is that – the defining moment now of Gary Clark's career, the block of Landry Shamit with nine seconds left. No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's, a... it's 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 the biggest play against you know the guy that's maybe right there with him for Player of the Year in the conference. It, it, it uh, effectively put them in a rough situation to end the game because they didn't have the ball in their best player's hand. I mean, yeah. What other what other moment from Gary would you say is the the defining moment of Gary's career to this point, if it's not that block. Yeah, well, he hit the the tying jumper at Iowa State. That was a nice. I mean, that was huge to yeah. put the game into overtime. He had that three point game winning three point play at UConn two years ago. So, I mean, I yeah, I guess you. I mean, the stakes of this game to win the conference and and it was a emphatic block and all that. I don't know. It, it didn't feel like that to me because I feel like he's had a number of other plays too that have been huge uh, and really mattered. So I'd say it's up there. I wouldn't say it's d- definitively like defining his career type of play. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that to me. Maybe it does to you. Um, I just don't know. Like, if, if what moment is bigger? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I hear you. You named some good, some definitely some good ones. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm reaching in my brain for a moment that I think is more like defining of like Gary Clark, like in, yeah. you know, in in terms of like Nizier Brooks did a great job staying in front of him and and forcing him to that spot, and because his teammate got him to the to the right spot, Gary stepped up and had his teammates back. Like, I, I just think that, like that that play is kind of Gary Clark. Like, you know, it, yeah, it, it was yeah. Uh, it was a, a team effort to get that situation where it was. They switched the screen. Nizier Brooks, um, if you remember, there was a couple times in the game here where Landry Shamit went right around Nizier Brooks. Um, right. He didn't do that this time. Nizier, you know, gets a lot of credit for staying in front of him, funneling him to Gary, which I'm sure is part of that play design uh, defensively. And, and Gary steps up and smacks it out of bounds. And 
you know, put Cincinnati in position to win their first American Athletic Conference title outright, win it by two games. Um, I, I other than the 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 radio show last night, I, I still don't think he's let go of the trophy. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I guess, know. I, yeah, defining because of the fact that it was a block shot and, and it was that situation and it was just something that he's done a lot, but it, it was in a big time moment, then, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I just feel like there's, you know, if you're going to make a top plays of his career, you're going to do probably like 112 top plays. Yeah. Like, you can't do a top 10 or 20 or whatever. There's just so many. So the the ones I listed are, are, are right up there with it. So you, you, we could put it to a vote and see. I mean, I know that one is so new and fresh that maybe the Iowa State one would get uh, wouldn't get as much attention, but yeah, I mean, it was huge. And then, and then, like you mentioned, Nas with the with, with the um, great defense on uh, Connor Francamp on that inbound, which yeah, we'll get it, to that. Yeah, okay. I was we'll, that's actually the first thing on my list is something that has to do with that last play. But we'll, we'll get conti- to that. continue on with Gary. Um. The Sportsmanship Award, like, has there ever been a bigger, like, that has to have been unanimous, right? (laughs) (laughs) I would think think so. Like, I might have voted for him twice. Like, Gary Clark, 1A, uh, 1B, Gary Clark. Like, he's first and second. (laughs) Genuinely, like, that, more than anything, that's why you're, like, I I was so happy for the team uh, in, in being able to pull that off and to not have to share the title. And to go in as, you know, the number one seed and have everything that, that they wanted still laid out in front of them. Um, just really happy for Gary and, and obviously Kyle and, and maybe Jake as well in terms of their last potential um, regular season home game with Cincinnati. That's that's a hell of a way to go out to, to, to number 10 versus number 11 game on the line and, and Cincinnati makes a defensive stand to uh, to win a championship was uh, maybe the most Bearcats thing ever and, and the yeah. most Gary Clark thing ever. Um, I, I guess we'll just kind of transition from one to the other from Gary into that game. But uh, just awesome to see all of the, the, the stuff post-game and the smile on his face. Um, the, uh, somebody had a shirt at senior day that I thought was the greatest thing ever. And it said Gary Clark mean face, and it was just his smile. It was like, yeah, that's the Gary Clark mean face, man. That that guy, he gets serious at times, but that smile is almost always there. And uh, what an incredible representation of the university and the program that Mick's built. And that's not a guy you can ever even replace. Like, you don't even try to replace Gary Clark because you can't do it. Like, no. maybe and- on the court you'll find somebody that's going to be able to, to pick up the slack, but in – in terms of everything he's meant to the program, it's probably going to be a really, really long time before we see another Gary Clark. No doubt. And just to add to that, when the team got back to campus and there was people waiting for him and I went down there and there was some media coverage and things like that. And so once the players, it was it was just uh, Gary, Jacob and Kane who were interviewed on camera and, and talking to Shannon Russell and me and a few other people. So they were all shuffling away and the team was trying to get back on the bus and leave. And Gary was just taking pictures with all the fans and he just kept doing, he's not going to say no. And so, um, finally Andre Fouché was like, Gary, we got to go. The bus is leaving. And he was like still taking like another few pictures. Like he just, that just sums up just how he is. I mean, you could see it happening. I looked at Andre. I'm like, he's not going mean, to, you're going to have to wait a while. He's not going to turn anybody down. So, um, and then I asked him of course, uh, about, the um physical play down low and i did i actually made a mistake because i went back and watched the game last night there was one foul on richard kelly and it was when he like tomahawk chopped gary on that last move in the paint where gary hit the two free throws to um put uc up by four but like i was i was mostly talking about like just in the trenches like fighting for position like how was there nothing called on richard kelly that whole game his arm was wrapped around him the entire time so. That's uh, those two was just an absolute battle. It, it's fun to watch because yeah. you know Gary got you know had a little spurt there where he got the best of him, and they kept trying to go back to him, and, and Rashad Kelly wasn't going to let it happen. Uh, he might have just said, "Okay, foul me out." Like if that's what it's going to take to keep him from getting the ball, okay, foul me out. We're we're going to do what we have to do. Yeah, um, and then he and then he tried to take that charge, and 
that's what Garrett's like, man, you, you can't go soft on me. <laughs> We've right. been killing each other all game. So. Um, the, you've got a list. So uh, we'll, we'll get into the Wichita State game now. Uh, you've got a list. Uh, let's hear your list. Okay, so the first one, and it, it, it pertains to not only the, the final play of the game, but just a lot of stuff that went on in the first game and really early in that game, and that is that UC will – pretty much always guard the inbounder with their five man. And Greg Marshall knows this in the first game. It was Kyle on Landry Shamit, and he threw it in bounds and then caught it in the corner and he jabbed Kyle who went for it and he hit a three right in his face. So it early in the game on Sunday, it was the same exact scenario, Kyle on Shamit and Shamit, it looked like the same play, but then he faked like he was going to go out to the three-point line, went back door, and got a layup on Kyle. So I, that was probably the first time that I started to yell really loudly, like, "Okay, there, you know, you can't guard the inbounder with your with your five man." And but but to UC's credit, all Kyle did a better job. Uh, Nasir did an incredible job on that. They just they kept doing it, and it seemed like Wichita State had like fifty baseline out of bounds play so like they kept having an opportunity but throughout the game they tried to Marshall tried to isolate Nasir and Kyle and, and on the perimeter whoever else was in there and Shamit tried to make moves and UC was just much more disciplined on the perimeter in this game they didn't go for many fakes they were just they stayed locked in you know all that stuff but then on the last play of course he tried it again this time with Fran Camp and Nasir was like I ain't having this so it was just credit to um, the UC big men, because that was a big part of the game that Marshall probably felt like he could get more than one one bucket on him. Well, did you did you listen to the coaches show last night? No, I missed that. Mick I said the, I would have. the biggest adjustment was they didn't press, and he said he felt that the press had them scrambling more than they should have been in that first game in terms of matching up properly, and when they were set, they'd do a better job of um, recovering and rotation and and not being in as prone a position to be beat. Uh, and that's what he credited it to. He didn't give a lot of credit to, to double-teaming Shaq Morris, um, which I thought played a big factor as well because you forced him into four turnovers, uh, even though he had 16 points. And Cincinnati's points off turnovers were a huge uh, swing in that game, especially considering Cincinnati only had five. Yeah, that's a, that's actually on my list too. Was the no press? So I'm glad you said that because I was wondering about that. I was just I was thinking that 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 was probably his line of thinking was that that there's no reason to to let them get in any kind of advantage situation. It's better just to make them face your your five on five D because obviously it's the second best in the country. And then the doubling Shack, where he got what three or four buckets on Kyle in the post throughout the first portion of the game and then they started doubling and, and he got fouled a couple times but for the most part he kept trying to force it and I, I imagine if they if these teams play on Sunday in the championship game that there will be an adjustment to that adjustment where Shaq will probably be a little bit more cognizant and take his time and kick it out and then they'll get better looks on the perimeter because that that that's actually why I wasn't I wasn't even anticipating that UC would double him and maybe they weren't either because of how good of shooters the Shockers have on the perimeter. So I wasn't even considering that they would do it. Well, they um, didn't, I didn't even, do it I, early. I think yeah. it, was, it was out of necessity. Because yeah, they had to. Him. Yeah. And I guess I guess Houston did it too um, when they beat Wichita. They they doubled Shaq and they also um, blitzed Landry Shamit on those high ball screens. So um, that was probably where they got it from. But they, but it was it was those were two keys that uh, but the no press thing, I think like you said, I mean that that's a that's a big factor because that that got the game into a slower pace, and it just made Wichita have to try to maneuver, and and they weren't able to. They didn't get in any kind of a shooting rhythm because they didn't have a lot of space to work with. So absolutely, what else yeah. you got? Um, so I got a couple more. Um, one would be I went back and watched, and I got I think we got to give Kyle Washington some credit. I, like I said, I know he. He gave up a few buckets to Shaq, and he got beat on that back door um, to Shamit. Um, but I felt like he battled in that game, you know. I and I and I and I when I saw him at the parade or whatever you want to call it when they got back to campus, he looked like he needed to sleep. He was like so he looked like he was dead, <laughs> like he wasn't even like 
he wasn't looking at anybody. He was just like he looked like he just woke up. Like he he was he put all of his effort into that game and and the first half it just didn't go his way offensively. He rimmed out a three from the wing and then he rimmed out a really easy like six footer or he would have had eight points in the first half and um, he ended up with eight in the second half and he he just kept battling and like he 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 dribbled into the paint hard and got a couple shots off on on Morris in the second half and like I don't know I just saw him I was just kind of isolating on him and and I know that defensively that they they got a few buckets on him but I felt like he should get some credit for just how hard he did play in that game yeah and he hit the typical Kyle Washington what the hell was that shot that <laughs> that helped them win the game I was one of the biggest shots of the game yeah, or probably of his career. Yeah, and and really, see, a friend of mine actually um, sent me a text about that today, and I said, well, there's two reasons probably why that went in. Number one, like I mentioned, those two rim outs, those had to even out. And number two, um, the ball going off Cumberland's face and into the basket, like UC deserved a two point retribution at some point in that game. Well, they got that, one. That was it. The crazy thing was they got one the play before the ball hit off Cumberland's face because remember it looked like a play that that Wichita State had the ball secured and then it got poked away and all of a sudden it went, went right to Cumberland and he laid it in that's and, true and we You're were right. like you know, everybody at Mio's was kind of like all right the brakes might be going our way this time and then the next <laughs> damn trip it bounces off Jaron's face and goes in the rim and it was like nope so much for that okay I right. have to earn this one we're not getting any freebies Okay, so then, so all right, so then that's a wash. But either way, those two rim outs, and then he gets one. He kind of a, a, maybe a lower percentage, if you want to call it. But yeah, I just felt like for a game like that, it was very physical. That's not usually a game that he feels very comfortable in. And I felt like he did his best to fight with Shaq and and just gave it gave it his all. And, and you could see it on his face when when we saw him after the game. So. Um, I just want to give him credit. He, he 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 did what a senior should do in a game like that. Yeah, and I mean, really, you know, he took 15 shots. Somebody had to take shots. Like, somebody needs to get the ball on the rim. Um, and, and, you know, Kyle was the one with the aggressiveness. Now, it didn't work as well as you would have liked it to have worked, per se. But, you know, still, somebody has to have that aggression, have that, that mentality that we're going to put the ball on the rim and if we got to go get it, then we go get it. But, um, you know, they, they – I don't want to say they played through him really, but he took advantage of his opportunities. He's, his his shot was off, I, you know. Yeah, and not um, by much. Not no. by much on some of them. And, and he, in the second half, he missed that one and then he got it back and put it back in. Like he was really – he was really trying. And, and just uh, it was good to see that that one went in because it was a very important shot when – it was hard for either team to score. I think in the last 10 minutes of the game, it was like 13 to 11 UC in that 10 minute stre- stretch. So it was just hard for either team to get the ball in the hole. So any, yeah, I believe Wichita state had 58 points with five thirty something left to go. Okay. So Is they scored right? three points in the final five and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That it was just, yeah. incredible defense by both teams. I mean, it, right. You know, the the frustrating part was beginning of the first half. You see Jacob Evans had three wide-open looks. Gary had a wide-open look. They couldn't get anything to fall. um, And they could have potentially popped the game open at that point, but they weren't able to do it. Um, But they still, you know, battled and were able to to put themselves in a position to win, which I can only imagine you were an absolute wreck with 16 seconds left. Oh, yeah. Jake misses a four-footer. Yeah, my my yeah, my wife got home with about five minutes to go in that game, and I was I was just by myself here at the house, and just I'm living and dying on every play, as you would imagine. And so she got a glimpse. So she's seen me watch some games, but not to that level where it was such a live and die thing. But yeah, that that um, it just was it was crazy. Just I mean, it was like by the time they got to that ten minute mark of the second half, like both coaches have shown everything, and that's. That's what fifth or um, seventy minutes of basketball playing against each other. So like, there's no more tricks anymore. It's just it's just get the ball inside and see if you can score and hit, or hit a shot. So it was just a it was just a test of wills down the stretch because there was no no really plays left to use. 
Yeah, that's one thing I think that really deserves um, some mention. Both teams played really well, played really hard. Both coaching staffs did a great job. I mean, as soon as Cincinnati would get something going, Wichita State would close it off. As soon as Wichita State would get something going, Cincinnati would close it off. Like, it, that looked like what I, what we, we weren't going to see in the first game because it was the first time those teams had played. But in that second game, that felt like two conference rivals that had been playing each other for 10 years. I was just going to say, this is an instant rivalry. And I, and, and that's, I, I know that's what the commissioner and everybody involved was hoping would happen, and it did. Because this is... These two teams are at such a high level right now that, and you got the chess match going and the physicality, and and you got NBA players on each team. I feel like, and it just it's cool because the now that the UConn rivalry has lost a ton of luster the last few years, it's it's nice that uh, now you have this one, and it's and these games could even be potentially more exciting than those bloodbath UConn games. Yeah, I mean, I still think these are going to be bloodbaths. Don't uh, don't get me mistaken there, because these are these are two of the most physical teams in the country. Yeah, not this, not to the level of those other ones. Um, I don't know, man. Like this I mean, is like actually. 50, yeah. Well, here's Sorry. the thing, Berg. For both of these teams, this is actually finesse teams for both of these programs. Like when you look at what they've had in the past. True. That like this is the finesse version of this rivalry, and it was a war. So the UConn thing, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was more bloody because teeth were knocked out and, you know, the, those two teams had gotten to a point, I think, before UConn cratered that they really didn't care for each other. And, you know, there were a bunch of guys at Cincinnati that remembered UConn being the thorn in their side over and over again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that one was – that one evolved into that. It wasn't like that at the beginning, remember, because UConn was winning by 40, and they didn't yeah. see Cincinnati as an adversary. Cincinnati had to right. earn that respect. This is instant. So yeah. I think there's going to be some bloodbaths between these two teams in the not-so-distant future just because they do. They both play incredibly hard, and that's their reputation, and that's who both teams are. And, um, you know, maybe you'll you'll see next year uh, if, you know, they've got 16, Wichita has 16 years. Shamit's going to leave, you would have to think. McDuffie's probably going to leave. UC's going to lose Clark and Washington and most likely Evans. Um, you're going to see a very physical version of this this rivalry or you know this new this new meeting, new matchup uh, in the very near future because the teams are going to warrant it. Like That's how they're going to have to play to win. They're not going to have as much skill as they've got right now. Right, and you just you – just alluded to what will be my the last thing on my list and it is jake was so nba in that game i know some people are not gonna like to hear that but you can't deny it i mean he just looked like it, the things that he did on that basketball floor and that magnitude and a game of that magnitude in that environment i mean come on what else do you need to see i mean he's hitting step back threes and shaq morris's face he's blocking a post guy he's he's picking guys with steals seven strong defensive rebounds um he made that little move like late in the game when UC was in a little drought where he drove the baseline, a little pump fake and a little four footer. Like he just looked like, I mean, he just looked like a pro in that game. Yeah. And that, as you, I don't know if everybody saw it, but uh, the guys that used to run draft express uh, who are considered probably the best um, pre-draft site because they actually have the sources and connections uh, that a lot of the you know the NBA mock drafts don't. Uh, they moved Jake up to twenty fourth yesterday. Wow! Yeah, so I didn't see that. What site is that on? It's now on ESPN. ESPN bought oh, Draft you... Express. Okay. So I, I don't. If you have Insider, it's on Insider. Hmm. Um. But yeah, he's he's. It, it echoes what I've been telling you. I've been hearing from scouts all year that he's a guy that at the back end of that first round is going to have heavy value because teams like Houston and San Antonio and Cleveland oh. and, you know, the Golden State Warriors, those teams aren't looking necessarily for an immediate starter because their rotation is set. What they're looking for is Jacob Evans. They're looking for, a you know, a defender, a guy that can make shots, a guy that's not going to rock the boat, that's going to come in and instantly become a good teammate and instantly buy into your culture. 
Um, there's going to be no character questions. There's going to be nothing about him that's a red flag, and you're just going to have all the positives. Are there some things that he still has to work on? Yeah, but you're drafting at 27 or 29 or whatever it is. You're not getting a guy that is is without flaws because there aren't even many of those in the top five. Yeah, so and he, he yeah. just fits. He fits for for a successful NBA franchise looking for a three and D, you know, big physical wing. Yeah, and, and like I said, you just uh, when I went back and watched it, I was just like, man, he he looks like a pro right there. So that's that's pretty much it. The only other thing I had was that that the, just that little story about how Mick showed the team like a motivational video about a guy who um, handled a lot of adversity in his life. And it was perfect timing to do that because that game was filled with adversity, like the ball off Cumberland's face, some rim outs, some questionable calls, uh, Jacob's injury in the second half where he had the cramps and I think Jaron did too. So they were prepared mentally for that one. And I feel like that was probably more important than some of the scheme stuff. They also showed a vid- the video of Greg Marshall celebrating. Oh yeah, that too. He, sh- he showed that to the team as well. So and his wife being a clown. Yeah, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> Boy, their fans are um, they're an interesting bunch. I don't know how much you've had to deal with them. I haven't dealt with them a ton, but I've seen them uh, mingling throughout the internet, and uh, <laughs> this that that was not that was not real comfortable for them. Uh, I think this instantly has uh, jumped to rivalry status very fast. And I, I also, I don't know if you saw my tweet because you didn't listen to the coaches show. Uh, I know you didn't hear it, but Mick said um, after the game, Trayvon Scott was like, can we cut down the nets? And <laughs> they, I get like Dan Horde was joking. Dan and Terry were joking around that like the Wichita state fans, I guess like they, they stayed after for the senior day st- ceremony and then they stayed for an extra little while after that. I'm wondering if it was because Cincinnati wasn't going to come out on our floor and cut the nets. But he, Dan and Terry were like, he kept looking around, and they just all kept looking at us like, well, are you just going to get on the bus and leave or what? And so Trey comes up to Mick, and he's like, we're going to cut down the nets. And Mick's like, there's 10,000 Wichita State fans out there. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I know. I was wondering about that too. Yeah, so I don't that... think that's a good idea to, <laughs> to go out there with their crowd still in the building. You want to talk about causing a riot? The only other time I've ever seen a, a riot situation like that would have been, and still is one of my top five moments in college basketball history, is uh, I think it was Buzz Williams' first year at Virginia Tech. Maybe he was still at Marquette. I can't remember. But they played at West Virginia, and and Buzz gets the win and takes the team into the locker room, and they bring him back out to do a, a TV interview after the game. And, of course, I don't know how familiar with West Virginia you are, but um, Country Roads is the national anthem of West Virginia. <laughs> and literally, like, that is the Star Spangled Banner. That's how they – that's the, the acclaim that they hold that song to. So Buzz is walking out and Country Roads is playing and Buzz starts two-stepping on the center court logo and he's not thinking about it, but he's just two-stepping to Country Roads as he's walking over to the TV announce booth. And the West Virginia fans that were still there, the place had kind of emptied out, but all of a sudden you just saw when Buzz sat down, like a hundred of them flock to where that announce table was to get a piece of him. And there was like eight security people that were doing everything they could to hold the West Virginia fans back because they were literally going to fight Buzz Williams for two-stepping on their logo during Country Roads. That would have been Cincinnati cutting down the nets at Wichita State right (laughs) after senior day ended, and they they let six seniors go that have meant, you know, a a lot to that program. It would have been ugly. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and so what you wanted to talk about before we started talking about the game was well, where more, you I, watched one, it. One oh, more thing. Ahead. I want to get one more thing on the game. Okay. Five second chance points for Wichita State. For me, that's yep. the difference in the game. Yeah, yeah, no I doubt think about you, that. You can point to whatever you want, but they're like Cincinnati in that so much of what they do is predicated on attacking the glass and getting the ball back in the bucket. 
they I think they only had what seven or nine offensive rebounds. Um, it wasn't a big number, and they only scored five points off of that. Cincinnati got the message: keep them off the glass, and if they get on the glass, don't let them get easy second chance points. Holding them to five. I can't imagine the last time that they only had five second chance points with as good as those four big guys are uh, that they run out there. Uh, that, to me, was the biggest key to the game outside of, you know, Nazir almost blocking the shot or, or affecting the three-pointer. And then did you see him run back to the rim? Yeah. He would have had the block if the guy could have got the ball on the other side of the rim. But Jaron Cumberland deserves credit for walling off right there and kind of walking Willis underneath the backboard. And when he went up, he had absolutely no place to go. And you ain't moving, Jaron Cumberland, son. Yeah, yeah. and he just shot it off the back of the backboard. Like, hey, you yeah. know there's a backboard there, right? But uh, one last thing is uh, another thing on Nasir is that, that, that post-denial, and then he was dove yeah. on the floor right yeah. away the and forced ball. a jump ball. That was one of Shaq Morris's turnovers, I believe. Yeah. And they didn't have well. – you know, and Wichita doesn't have many turnovers in that game, and – who knows? You go for that steal, you don't get it. Shaq Morris gets it, dunks it. There's two points they have, and you you know you end up winning by one. So, you know, any there, you know when you win by one, there's like a hundred plays of the game. But that one was just really cool because just how quickly he dove on the floor for a six eleven dude. Shaq I, Morris had no way he was going to get there. I I have been tough on Nas because I expected more out of him this year, but he saved it for the last game. Man, he made some plays, yeah, some critical plays down the stretch of that game when Mick was going offense-defense with him and Kyle. And uh, it paid off. It definitely paid off. All right, watching the game, uh, you did what I like, what I prefer. Watch it at home, in solitude. My wife even knows. I haven't watched a game, a road game with my wife in probably two years. Like, she just doesn't bother me. My daughter doesn't bother me. I, I need to focus. I need to pay attention to what's going on. Um, I, I don't like to be bothered. Uh, I don't like to answer people on Twitter when they're, they're talking to me. And instead, and this is because, um, for the UCLA game, which was on CBS, uh, I did a favor for, for Bobby Reagan, Barstool Rags, uh, who is a friend of the site, friend of mine. Um, he was doing a live broadcast and he asked me to come out and, um, help him strum up some support for the, the business that they were doing the live broadcast, uh, do hop on a podcast with them and then do a watch party, uh, for the UCLA game. So I did that. You see one game was on CBS, big road win. Um, so then, uh, Dan Cronin invited me to Mio's on Sunday for the Wichita state game. And I thought normally I would have said no, but, the UCLA game was on CBS. It was a big road win. I felt like I owed it to uh, the universe to strap back up, go back out in public, get out of my comfort zone, and, and watch the game in public, even though I don't like to do so. And, <laughs> and I did. Wow. I don't know how you did. Because when you told me you were there, I had a quick thought of maybe should I go down there and watch it with them and then I was like no way because the things that are going to come out of my mouth and the volume of them I, I can't bring that to the public well I I will I will uh, I will I will say um, it wasn't as the, the first one my big thing is like people you know and, and I understand it you're, you know you're a fan you're watching the game uh, if there's a, you know, UC has a bad possession, you want to talk about it, you know, immediately uh, to the guy sitting next to you. That's what people at a bar do. Well, I'm watching what's going on on the other end of the floor. So if you want to bring it up at the commercial break, that's fine. But let me continue watching instead of having to go back and talk about that play while something else is happening and, and making me miss miss something. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> Fortunately, this time, <clears throat> nobody really. Everybody was kind of uh, dialed in the same way that I was in that watch the game and then, you know, if there's a break in the action, you can chat for a minute. Uh, but if there's not a break in the action, eyes on the game, focus, you know, let's get this win. So it, it was it was uh, it was it was more. It was better for my nerves than the other one because I just get unsettled. Like I, it, like the the people were like 
at the at the UCLA game, they're like, man, you don't say a word. Like you're you're dialed in. I'm like, yeah. Will you please stop talking to me? (laughs) Take the. How about you? How about you? Don't say a word. (laughs) Right. Like UCLA's got the ball, and this is a four point game in the first half. Can you can we not talk about the turnover that just happened? (laughs) Um. So I wasn't that bad, and then. You know, the, the the funny part was, did you do the uh, live stat feed? Yeah. Did you were, was yours like fifteen seconds ahead? No, I don't I don't know if I, I was you know what, I wasn't looking at it that much. I was only looking at it at the commercials because I was so locked into the game like you were. I was standing up watching the game and just, you know well, being I, very theatrical. There was a couple times that, that I had it up on my phone and when I noticed it was during free throws. Um, that it was about 12 seconds ahead of the TV feed. So, oh, so you were finding out what was happening before it happened. 12 seconds before it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the one guy sitting next to me, like I, the, you know, Gary would go to the free throw line and as he was getting the ball and start dribbling, I'd be like, it's good. And he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of continued to play it up during the game. And then at the one point, remember when um, Shaq Morris had it poked away and UC got the ball? Um, maybe about five or six minutes left. Yeah. Um, right as it popped up on my phone, I was like, turnover! And everybody kind of looked at me like I was weird. And then eight seconds later, there was a turnover. And they were all like, what the, what the hell did you do that? <laughs> yeah, Marty McFly, actually. <laughs> and, then, and then Dan Cronin made me put down my phone. Um because he said he didn't want to, if they lost, he didn't want to see me drop my head five seconds before it happened. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. So I, I acquiesced. Um, and once Nazir, or once Gary blocked the shot out of bounds, I put down the phone and, and watched it live with everyone else and didn't, uh, didn't give away the spoilers. I was, I was spoiler alert at Mio's on Sunday. Um, <laughs> How about you? you? You were just your typical nervous wreck in the living room, yelling yeah, and screaming? I, every play, there was something, whether I was excited or I was you know, yelling about some sort of thing that I would have liked to have happened differently, you know. And then there was some stuff directed at the referees in the second <laughs> half, like when Kyle Washington blocked Landry Shamit very cleanly, and they called a foul, and he made both free throws. I was like, hey, where's the ball? Don't lie on that one. At least there was a half of a ball. Don't lie when they called that like, like fighting for position foul yeah. when Shaq Morris at the elbow. I'm like, dude, did you are you not watching the rest of the fighting for position stuff that's happened this whole game? So They're murdering each other, let yeah. them play. <laughs> I know, and it's not like Kyle's going to do that anyway. So I don't know. Maybe he had his arm somewhere or whatever. But yeah, at least he missed one of those two. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was just as loud as I can. I I can't remember being. At the top of my lungs, yelling for a UC game in a while. I guess because I've been at I've been at a lot of them, so it's not as I'm, I obviously can't do that at the arena, right? And you there want, and there haven't been inside. as many. And there's not that many like throughout the course of a season, in the regular season at least. There's not that many huge games like that one that really have. I mean, because like I, I the re, going into that game, I'm like, you know what? If you don't win this, if they don't win this game, what's on their resume that's going to get them? Um, a three seed or a two seed. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like if they lose, I know it's not a bad loss. I'm just saying the totality of saying all you have is at UCLA and Houston at home and that's it. I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought that that might've slipped them to a four. Just, it, you never know what else happened. So it was like, it could have been a two seed swing based on the result of that. And so, yeah, you're living on every, every play and every dribble and everything. So, um, and like I said, my wife comes home right in the middle of it. She's like, uh, what's going on in the game? I'm like, oh, it's, it's a one point game. She's like, oh, great. You know, like, she sat down and watched it. And so she was she was How, part of the reason like they won seven and a half months pregnant. How does she do that? Well, what, what was yeah. the was the baby doing flips and like, <laughs> did you have a, a blood pressure monitor on her to make sure that the level stayed all right? Or does she not get she not get too worked up? No, no, no. She doesn't. She she's done a fantastic job of of supporting me and learning the players and like really getting in. She's never been a huge sports fan, but she'll know. She knows stuff like I can't believe she knows. Like you know, she can just see someone's face, and be like, "Oh, is that Justin Jennifer?" You know, like wow, like you know, it's good that you know that. 
But um, during the game, no, she doesn't get riled up like I do. She just, I just look at her and she'll give me a, a look like I don't know what to say here. I don't know what I can tell you, Justin, because you're you're kind of scaring me. You can't but, tell me anything. Just <laughs> pat me on the head like Chad does. I'm like, tell me I'm like, we need right. to stop here, Lauren. Come on, Lauren, we need to stop. That kind of stuff. You'd have died if she'd have, like got up and got into a stance, like slap the floor, <laughs> Wojo style. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Well, she said, so she has this, we have this little thing where like, if UC wins a big game, then I have to do the stanky leg dance. (laughs) 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 So, um, (laughs) so I gladly, I gladly obliged after that game. She, uh, she, she originally predicted an 11 point win. And I was like, if they win by 11, I will do the stanky leg dance for 11 straight minutes. But so since it was only a one point win, I only did it for a minute. That's so that's that's how we're fantastic. doing things here. <laughs> that's absolutely fantastic. I thought I thought Dan was going to choke me, like he gave me the because I was you know I'm updating Twitter, I'm trying to update the site, get things ready to go, and he like grabbed me from behind to hug me, and literally almost like completely cut off my oxygen. <laughs> ah, I love you too, brother. Yeah, ah, can you stop? <laughs> But it's lots nice of high fives. To, yeah, it's nice to have uh, those moments from time to time as a Cincinnati fan, right? Yeah, there there was uh, for UC fans. If you're wondering uh, who to support, there was local representation in the media there outside of myself. Is the uh, handsome one George Vogel uh, was in the at- in attendance at Mio's watching the game as well. Okay. Before he hopped on a flight to Arizona, where he was covering spring training yesterday. Um, so George was there, which uh, that's always good. And uh, always good to see Georgie out and about. Um, big big fan of the site, big friend of the site, and uh, big fan of UC as well. He was in his red and black. I my one of my other superstitions is I don't wear a logo on game day. Hmm. Okay. For any circumstance, home game, road game, not a hat, not like tossing on a hoodie to go get something to eat. No logo on game day. So I had on a black like quarter zip. But no logo. That's just one. I don't know why. I think I think it was a loss at some point in time, where I had the logo on, and I was like, "That's it, no more logo." <laughs> I hear you. I don't. I don't have a, a clothing superstition for the for the day of the game, but uh, I I so I, I can't. I don't know. I, but I know if if something happens, like you said, where they lose a game, and I'll say I can't do that again. Yeah. M- most people do that though. Yeah. So I I haven't done that in years. And I'm like meticulous about it, like, and and it, it's tough for me because especially like this time of the year, if I'm like running to the grocery store or going to to, to grab something to eat real quick, easiest thing to do is just grab a hoodie, and all my hoodies are UC hoodies, um, and that's out on game days. So okay. it's going to be difficult because it's supposed to get pretty cold here for the uh, the next couple days. The American Athletic Conference tournament, if they make it to Sunday, going without a logo from Friday to Sunday is going to be. Uh, pain it's gonna be a pain um all right clock's ticking we, we were supposed to do a short segment on wichita state game uh but now we're at like 40 minutes 43 minutes so um american athletic conference tournament uh the only thing that you knew for sure was going to happen that uconn was going to be in the eight nine game um if uc found a way to lose against wichita state somehow uconn would have petitioned to be in the seven ten game um <laughs> And SMU is, is clearly limping to the finish line. Uh, you have to imagine that UConn wins that game, and we're going to see Cincinnati-UConn for the fifth time in the American Athletic Conference Tournament, which is only important because there have been five American Athletic Conference Tournaments. I don't mind. I always like to go 3-0 and over UConn in a season. Yeah, back-to-back years. That'd be nice. So when I think about this tournament, the top three teams are, are they're all locks. So there's there's really nothing up for grabs unless there's a dark horse team that comes out of nowhere and steals a bid from somebody on the bubble, on the, somewhere else in the country. So if you're if you're handicapping the the tournament and saying who could those teams who could that team potentially be, you would look at Tulsa because they're fourth and they've got they can score the ball and they they've been playing very well lately. They they gave UC a hell of a game. What uh, last Sunday? So 
that would be the natural thing because they're the number four team. But well, anybody else? I mean, I, I look at Temple because of just they're. I think I think they have a lot of talent. I don't know what their problem is, but I feel like they could just put together a three day deal or four days. I guess you would have. It um, has to be somebody in the top of the bracket because I don't think anybody in the bottom of the bracket has beaten Houston and Wichita State in back to back days and then beating you know Cincinnati potentially in the championship. Like. I can't fathom a scenario where a team goes through all three. Yeah. T- Tulsa's going to have a chance. Where's Temple? Is Temple in that Tulsa? I, no, I think they're 7-10. I think it's okay, Tulsa, so, Tulsa, or I'm sorry, Temple versus Tulane, right? 7-10. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're going to have to go through Wichita State, then probably Houston, then probably Cincinnati. I just don't see it. Do you? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that, they've been playing Wichita State tough. All, both they beat them, and they, they – they, had a huge lead on him at Wichita, so I could yeah, see that. I could see them and they, beating Wichita, but then going Houston and yeah. Cincinnati after that. Like that's that's a tall task, man. But that's that's why you would need somebody to knock off two of the three teams, probably, so that whoever, whichever one of those two teams can get through that other dark horse, and then just have to beat one of them. Really, I don't know, or maybe I guess you still have to beat two of the three. So yeah. it's a lot to ask. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's and and Houston. Is um is just that I mean they're playing at a, a hell of a level. I know they struggled with UConn and they lost that Memphis game, but twenty four and six I believe they are or twenty five yeah. and six. I mean, 20, I mean that's that's a great record and 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 I, I think everybody wants to see the Houston Wichita State game and just let them get real bloody in that one and be really tired for the Sunday game. Yeah, I mean that that would be what I think three thirty on Saturday. Um. Because you see, because they're in the top of the bracket, that game's at one. So you see, if they if they get to the finals, they'll go noon on Friday, one on Saturday, and then two or two thirty, three thirty, three thirty on Sunday, um, leading into the selection show. So, so yeah, and w- would you say that since the they last year they didn't care about the championship game, so. Really, UC just needs to hold serve in the first two games somehow. Just win those two, and then you you keep whatever seed you've yeah. earned to this point. I think you if you lo- get to the finals, yeah. you're very likely a two seed. You might be the worst three seed or the top three seed, um, but that two seed line is getting a bit like the one seed line. Like, you know, if UC's the third two seed right now, who is going to knock them out? that's on the three line that's going to jump all the way up above them. Um, I don't know. I, I think you, you win those first two games. Uh, you are very likely a two, uh, maybe a three. I, I, you know, two, three, there's so very little difference between two and three. Well, who were the, who were the teams that were, so North Carolina, Auburn, right. And then either Michigan state or Purdue. So, and then, and then you see, we're all kind of like in that, that area there. So, uh, bracket, I, 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 bracket matrix right now. Okay. Cincinnati is the is the fourth two seed. North Carolina. Come on. Ahead of, uh, Purdue and North Carolina are ahead of them. Purdue. Dude. Purdue. They can't do anything to. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I think they're going to be a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Um. At this point, North Carolina. If they don't win the ACC title, that is ten losses. North Carolina and one of them was to Wofford at home like you can't freaking be a two seed with 10 losses I'm sorry like and to Wofford at home right like I'm sorry you Wofford, can't be. Wofford was like not even didn't even win their league right Michigan State lost in the semis of the Big Ten tournament to Michigan they're two spots below you see they're the third two seed and this is all looking at bracket matrix um, which there's 130 brackets they take the average of all those brackets um, I can't see Michigan State getting a bump unless it's unless it, unless they go heavy eye test because Michigan State looks the part and their metrics are there, but they just don't have the resume. So it's very hard for me to see them jumping uh, a Cincinnati whose resume is clearly better. But and the, it's, yeah. it's, I'm not ruling it out with Michigan State because their metrics are there, and if you know if you just watch them. They look like they should be one of the top eight teams in the country, even though, you know, they've they've stumbled a little bit from time to time. Auburn and Tennessee are the first and third three seeds. You'd think one of them would have to win the SEC tournament. Um, Obviously, both of them can't win the SEC tournament. 
So you yeah. think Cincinnati stays ahead of at least one. The interesting one for me is Michigan because their metrics are pretty good, and they did win the Big Ten tournament going through Michigan State and Purdue. Um, but they've got some questionable losses as well. They're the last three seed. Um, so really anywhere from the second two seed all the way to the last three seed, that's a group of seven teams that are all really close together. Uh, that's why I think if Cincinnati loses before the finals, I think they're going to be a three. I think if they get to the finals, um, you're looking at probably a two seed. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that that goes. Now, I guess it could be a problem if Auburn and Tennessee both pick up a couple nice wins in getting to the SEC final and they play each other for the SEC final. Um you could maybe see two SEC teams jump up to that two line. I, I think that would be unlikely, though. Um, yeah. Play, I, just win two games, get yourself into the AAC finals, and, and make them have to find a way to take you out of the two line, I think. Right. I agree. Yeah. And so other than other than Tulsa, Temple, and who else are you scared about? Not, I mean. Yeah. UCF can they? They can't score enough, can no, they? They can't score enough to win three to beat three really good teams like that. And we're not talking about UConn and Hartford, so they're not going to have a home court advantage. You know, playing in front of twelve thousand of their fans. Um, so I, you know, yes, they've been playing a little bit better, but most of that has been at home. So I, I can't see that traveling to you know. Uh, mostly quiet gym in Orlando. I, I You wouldn't think they're going to have a whole boatload of people there for noon on Friday. No. I wouldn't think. You got anything else? I think we covered it. I really just wanted to talk a lot about that victory over the Shockers. You succeeded in that. Yeah. You did. Like I said, I mean, it seems like there's a lot more games where it's over and you're like, mm, man, if a couple things would have happened and then they could have won. And so this one was like a couple things did happen, and they still won. And they won and the so, conference by two games. I yeah. think that, that hasn't been talked about enough. Yeah. And so Wichita jumps up to our league, and, you know, they just uh, they, they had to learn. They, they lost some games on a couple games on the road. to uh, and They got destroyed by Houston in that temple. that I knew that Leah Cora Center was going to get them. I just had a feeling. And that, that was a huge deal right there. Yeah. And – Welcome to the uh, welcome to the step up in competition. They still had a great year. They're looking at probably a four seed. They're still um, going to be dangerous as hell. In the very. Da- I mean, that's a team. If you're a one, that is mm. not a team you want to see in the Sweet Sixteen. No, too much too much on offense to deal with. Those are yeah. the teams that they're the scariest. Like Greg Marshall said, they have so many different things they could do on offense, and so yeah, that's they and and really Houston too. I mean, Houston could. With the way Houston defends and rebounds to the level that they are, I mean that they're like elite rebounding. They're top ten rebounding and they're top twenty five D and their offense is they got some shot makers, so and Devin Davis is tough. So I mean I wouldn't looking, I wouldn't want to see them either. They're looking at six, maybe seven. If they fall to seven, that is a nightmare for a two seed. Yeah, I agree. I mean an absolute nightmare for a two seed sitting there staring you in the face. Um on a Saturday or Sunday off short rest, you know, that that's not going to be a fun one for anybody. If you're a two seed, you better hope they get a six and, and are left to deal with a three. Um, and I still think that would be a phenomenal two th- or three, six game. Uh, you know, right now your threes are Texas Tech, Wichita State. Obviously they wouldn't play uh, Virginia, West Virginia and Clemson. Man, could you imagine how fun Houston, West Virginia could be? Yeah, how I can't believe there are three. They have almost. Do they have ten losses? They're they're close, but that's everybody lost a ton this year. That's, I know this is a weird year. There's just no teams that you're that scared of. I mean, and really anywhere. No, it's 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 going to be the quintessential. This tournament is going to be all about matchups. Yeah, you know that's that's where this tournament is going to be critical because it just what you draw is going to determine what your success level is. Because if you draw a bad matchup for your team, it doesn't matter. Twelve five, you know, Sweet Sixteen or, or Elite Eight or not Elite Eight, but uh, Round of Thirty Two. The Round of Thirty Two, I think, in this this tournament is going to be a wild deal. Yeah, I agree. 
the Sweet 16, God knows how it's going to look. Yeah, good luck picking that. Right. I mean, whew. It, it ain't going to be fun, that's for sure. It ain't going to be fun, that's for sure. Um, yep. All right, man. You got anything else? No, let's just uh, see how this AAC tourney goes. I, I We got media tomorrow, so I'll see if I can snag an interview or two. I don't know what my status is going to be for that. That's They couldn't have scheduled that at a, a more difficult time because football media is at like 11. Oh, and basketball media is at 1030. So you might be flying solo. I might try to get over there. And, and, and but if I if I leave, I'm going to be missing like the 11 on 11 portion of spring practice, which is, you know, the the important part of of the day's events. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to get over there unless they somehow mix things up. But if not, you're in charge. And, okay. uh, you know. I'll see what I can get. Yeah, I'll see what I can get. All right. All right, man. That's going to wrap it up. Appreciate you as always, my man. Uh, oh, we forgot. I forgot to get to the thing. So do I have to, like, if there's a game on CBS, do, do I have to watch it in public for the rest of the time now? Uh, Conference tournament, have... I don't think matters. Hmm. Because yeah. it's not a win. It's not like a lose and go home. Maybe. Yeah, if, if, if an NCAA tournament game is on CBS, you, you probably do have to. Because, like I really because, haven't left myself. And, and maybe, I mean, if they're playing Wichita State or Houston in the finals, I kind of have to do it again, don't I? Because that's going to yeah. be on CBS. True. Yeah, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Well, I, I mean, Bert, I'm here for the team. Sometimes, I know. Sometimes Coach Chad has to take one for the team. That's <laughs> what Trayvon calls you. If I if I have to take one for the team, then I got to go out and watch the game in public and be miserable and bring home wins. Like <laughs> the, the being miserable part is worth it if there's a win attached to it. Oh, of course, because that misery is over as soon as the final buzzer sounds. Right. I don't know. Uh, Saturday, I'm probably going to watch from home. If they lose to Tulsa, I guess you can blame it on me. Okay. God, I will. Now I have to go watch the damn game Saturday out in public too. Is it on CBS on Saturday? The semifinals and finals are on CBS. Oh, wow. With Raph on the call. Both Whoa. games. How'd they snag that? I, I guess because the Big Ten tournament's over. Yeah. And it, hmm. Okay. And he's property. Well, no, he's property of CBS in March. He's not property oh. of Fox in March. So. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I. Man. Damn it. Tell me on the board what you think. Do, Saturday, if they make it to Saturday, the game's on CBS. Do I have to go somewhere in public and watch the game? And if I do, are the Bearcat Journal members going to join me? What time is that game going to be on Saturday if they one get to it? One o'clock. One o'clock. Well, I'm going to be in a weird situation for that one then because my sister's nephew's birthday party is from 11 to 1. We're going to be in Indianapolis. so You're going to um, have to go to a sports bar in Indy and be like, you need to put on CBS. <laughs> I mean, you can listen to Dan on the way home. I might, yeah, I might, I might do a little Dan and Terry because I, I got to drive my wife and grandma back. So, Grandma Ruthie, you're gonna, oh. have to, you're gonna have to be, um, you're gonna have to watch the f bombs, aren't you? <laughs> oh no, she doesn't care. Okay, she's she's like a 93 year female version of me. <laughs> like I she mean, she watches them and. And if Grandma like you, Ruthie, you, if Grandma Ruthie's dropping the f bombs in the back seat of the car, you need to to have video of that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think she drops the f. She drops the s h, not okay. the f's. All right. And she a lot of gds and shs. I, that, I guess that's that old generation. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't let a lot of f's fly. That's just our our generation, I think, and and below. Boy, that is content, content, content right there. The car ride with Grandma Ruthie <laughs> for two hours as the Bearcats play. That would be, that would be a, that's a Paris. You might have to have your wife periscope portions of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. I, I, I'd have to learn how to use periscope, but yeah, we could do that. Well, no, all you do is on Twitter. You, it just where it says live, you hit live and you type oh. whatever you want in and, and, and hit broadcast and that's periscope. Twitter hmm. owns periscope. So if you just go live on Twitter, you're periscoping. 
the car ride between Berg and Grandma Ruthie as they're listening to the Bearcats in the American Conference Tournament. That would be gold. That would be absolute gold. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm glad, we'll, I'm glad we we'll talked that out. To. I'm yeah, glad we're probably we going to have to do it. Yeah, we'll have to do it. All right, man. All right. Thanks we'll, a lot. We'll talk soon. All right. He's Justin Berg. I'm Chad Brindle. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.